You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, Series 8, Episode 45. Uh, I was going to say it's your usual trio of uh, two Johns and Chris, but... um, Chris is a little bit delayed, so he may or may not join us. How are you, John? Aye, good, aye. Good. Yourself? Yeah, aye. Good, can't complain, weather's nice. Um, but let's just go straight to the big story of the weekend. Um, but no, we're not talking about the Scotland job, that can wait till later. Uh, Cove Rangers, they made history by winning promotion from Highland League into League 2, um, thanks to a comfortable 7-0 victory over Berwick over two legs. Um and joining us tonight is one of the scorers from Saturday's win over Berwick, and that's striker Paul McManus. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah, good. More importantly, how are you? Silly question. A wee bit rough. Uh, <laughs> I thought a two-day hangover did me answer it, but uh, it's a bit rough, but it's one of the best weekends I've ever had in my whole career. Yeah. yeah good it's a two-day hangover because I'm still thinking for most of Sunday as well. What's that, Sorry. Is that a two-day hangover because you were drinking most of Sunday as well? Uh, I'm sure the whole Aberdeen would have heard the cold boys out on Sunday there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask where did you um, spend the celebrations because um, obviously you're down in bets quite a trip um, north back to Aberdeen from there. Uh, what happened was uh, we ended up just, uh, once the game finished, it's part and parcel of what we've been like since I've been up at Cove. It's just getting on the bus and having a good drink with the boys and making it really enjoyable uh, I mean that's what happened on Saturday obviously to tell with the reaction after the game with the supporters and that everything was just fantastic and as I say it's one of the, the best experiences I've ever experienced Yeah I mean just describe what um, the occasion was like uh, going into the two games against against Berwick and uh, knowing that after the disappointment of last season missing out to Cowan Beath at this stage to then get over the line and emphatically so as well that's it. Uh, I think we were all a bit disappointed last year. Obviously, myself included. Uh, I've never felt so much pain after a game of football. Uh, I've been involved in football nearly 20 years now. Uh, and I just felt, after that game, I just felt gutted. I actually was, I couldn't even speak to my wife after, when, I, when I came in after, after the game because I was so emotional for what happened. We worked so hard the whole season to get into the last game. Uh, and to be honest, we should have had the game finished at, at Pit Cove. I, I missed a few sitters and a few other boys missed them and all. But uh, we, we were we knew we were, we were going to come up against a battle, and that's what, what happened. And the football went out the window, and we were disappointed with ourselves. But we made sure we came back pre-season, and the manager stressed up from day one that we're not going to uh, do the same as what we've done last year. Discipline. Everything's got to be uh, top of its game, and certainly over the. the uh, not just the Berwick game over the East Kilbride game, but that was the for me. That was that was the biggest tricky one because they've got a very good squad and all. Berwick's obviously been losing a lot of games the whole season. Ourselves, uh, we're winning. East Kilbride are winning now their game, so it was always going to be two teams at it that were doing really well in both leagues. So we got past that one, and I think we felt really confident. You know, we've got a really good squad of players. Technically, probably. One of the best teams that I've ever played in. Uh, the Highland League doesn't get enough credit. There's a lot of good players in the Highland League. Uh, and we certainly, we showed, obviously, 
how class we were. We were in seven nil aggregate against Berwick. Yeah, I've seen you play as well this season. What's that? Sorry, I've seen you play as well this season. I can follow Talbot as well. So I was at the kind of two games with Cove and Talbot. Uh, I was injured for that. Well, I missed. I missed. I seen the the first game at uh, Cove Rangers pitch, but I never got to the away leg. But I knew obviously we were really unlucky against Talbot Tay. But we've no. To be honest, we see last season. I thought we we played better football last year, but we came up at the, at the right time this year. And the football we played over the last, I'd say, the last four games anyway, uh, was probably the best played since I've been up there. Yeah, super. I mean, you mentioned the um, the manager being disappointed last season. He was certainly emotional um, after that game. He was um, quite angry about it. But uh, and then he also suffered a heart attack um, just before the playoffs. How much was that motivation to get you over the line? You know, John's the type of guy. I will never ever let boys just go and do it for him. That's the one thing he said. Don't do it for me. Do it, do it for yourselves. There's a lot of young players in the team, uh, and a lot of them have no experience. Obviously, getting promotion and playing at a, a good level. I'm not saying the high leagues are, are not a good level, but it's, it's obviously they want to progress their careers and going into the league two is certainly going to it's going to benefit them. But it was just so laid back. You know, you'd never think anything would happen to him. He just came out of training one night and uh, just tell the boys, "Look, don't do it for me. Just go and do it for yourselves." And that's certainly what the boys done. Do you know what I mean? But a, a really young squad. Uh, Apart from myself and Big Eric Watson and Big uh, Alan Redford, we're the oldest in the team. But we didn't need to motivate them, do you know what I mean? They're, they're just hard-working players and they just wanted to do well to get into the League 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we might as well get on to the, the game at the weekend. Uh, I saw the highlights on, um, it was actually Berwick's channel, the only one I could find on YouTube. Uh, the first goal by, um, is it, is it Jamie, yeah, Jamie Masson? Took yeah. a bit of a deflection, was it over the line? I've looked at that many a times, and to be honest, I think it is over the line. It's, if you look at the position, he, I don't know if it was with Declan O'Kane that tried to clear it off the line, but if you look at the position that he was in, uh, and the, our player Jordan Brown, Jordan Brown could have put his head on that, you know? <laughs> I don't know why he never. I think it was maybe because he was concussion, he got a pre-season against Aberdeen, but no, it's, you know, it was, uh, for me, that, that definitely was over the line, do you know what I mean? I don't think it would have put a, a, an, it would have made an impact in the game anyway. If it hadn't, I think we still would have been uncomfortable and won the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it, it was just what you needed, though, just in case, because Berwick would, would have also been looking for that early goal. But as soon as you got it early on, it's then five nil and pretty much game over after just nine minutes. Um, and you know, J- Jordan Brown then makes it makes it two um, before you come on and a nicely taken um, goal. What did that mean for you? To, um, Put the ice in the cake. Honestly, it's been a frustrating season for myself personally. Do you know, I, I done really well near the end of last season, and uh, so I was out of time for a wee bit because I lost my fitness and that. And then I got in the team and I went on a scoring one. I don't know what it was, like thirteen games without not scoring. Uh, so I got a bit of confidence with that. Finished the season on a high. Then I got really fit. I went to Turkey uh, last year and honestly my missus was gone daft because all I'd done was go out running oh, I got a football weight a foot apart done all my pre-season training I mean it's hard enough doing pre-season training in Scotland but to do it in Turkey in 35 degree heat that's what got me really fit and I came back and Dan Young uh, he's been kind enough to let me train with his five I don't actually go up to training with Cove Rangers it's everything that I do is down, down the road but John obviously has a trust in me to go and do it so Pre-season, I had a, a really good pre-season, even training with East Fife. And to be honest, I didn't really look at the place at East Fife either. I, I was flying. 
And then we started the season really well. I think I went 10, 12 games. And I think it was seven or eight goals I'd scored. So I was feeling really confident. And then I was in it training again with Slife. And I went over my ankle going out to tackle a goalkeeper. Probably should have just went through the goal lane instead of just burning it. But went over my ankle and I tore the ligament right off the bone. So that was a... I basically got told that my season was over. Uh, so as you can imagine, at my age, you know, you, you know that if you don't get back soon, then you're going to be struggling to get back at all. So I sort of got my fitness levels. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't able to run on it. What I done was I joined a gym and I done a wee bit of spin classes and that. I would do it now and again. Times I was feeling it on my ankle and then the decision was to come. That what do I do? Did they rest it proper to end the season? Or they are trying to get back fit. I know the gaffer was wanting me back fit. He wanted me back in team. Uh, so what I done was went and got an injection. Uh, I know a guy, Ivan Brenko, who's the, heart, the Hearts Cubs uh, orthopedic surgeon, and he uh, he sort of he's 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 been wonderful in my career. To be honest with you, the boy I done my cruise shit and he got me all that fixed and all. So it's just been it was one of those seasons where all you want to do is it's horrible watching it for the side. Everybody that knows me and knows I love football. And I'm just grateful I got back in at the latter end and the goal on Saturday just made my, made my season to bonus with because it was really cool before that. Yeah, that that would have been um, a good way for you to sign off. But um, the, obviously the, the main man that um, people will see is Mitch Meganson. Um What's what's he like um, as a as a player at that level, and how much of a difference has he made? He's unbelievable. Honestly, he's just he's just sharp, sharp as a nine. Better than myself when I was his age. <laughs> hmm. Nah, listen, he's he's always running about the box. He's he's quicker thinking than any other defender that's running about him. So he just gets into great positions and he's he's definitely a finisher. And I know he has a lot of thought saying he could go and play at a higher level. He can play at a higher level, he knows that. But he's enjoying it at Cove, he's got a good job in working with the manager and he's a joy to play with him. When I first came up to Cove, that's when I I'd already heard him obviously before when he was at Aberdeen playing with Dumbarton and Ray Flovers and that and uh, I couldn't wait to get playing alongside them to be honest with you and to be fair we hit it off quite, quite well and then the formation changed and stuff like that and then it was back in we've been in and out all, uh, together as a partnership uh, for the last two and a half years but he's a joy to play with Any, anybody that plays alongside him does well beside him because he's, he's you, meet, he, you meet a bad ball he makes it a good ball do you know what I mean he's that, he's that type of player he's always in about you sniffing away to something for a wee chance and he always takes them Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly makes a, a big difference at that level. Um, and um, you know, what about the the Highland League itself? I mean, it was um, you know, what what's the standard in that light compared to what you're going to be going up to um, next season in League Two? In your opinion, we know it, we know it's going to win for an easy ride next year. It's going to be really difficult. Uh, first and foremost, I think obviously we need to have a rest, come back pre-season. Uh, and make sure we're fit because League Two is a lot sharper, faster than the Highland League. But what I'll say about the Highland League is, I've no miss uh, boys booking your other shot because I'll tell because there is some big strong lads in that. In that, I just done my cruise ship my first. I think I was I done my cruise ship and I came up and uh, I think it was maybe the first month that I arrived at the club. We've been playing against about uh, Fraserburgh, and uh, I went down the line. I just came on as a sub actually. So went down the line and this big boy, six foot. Come running across, I just know I was like, oh no, get this ball by him and try and get over his leg. And the boy came in, took the ball and took me and put me right at the park. And I went like that to the big boy, I went, 
Big man, what's that? I just kicked the ball at the party. But then. What was, it, it was a great tackle. I, went, I know it was a good tackle. I said, well, I just came back from a cruise ship. They went so far. I went, see, <laughs> 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 well, that's, that's the type of players that are coming up against. It's, you know, they're all big athletes. They're always in the gym and that strong, strong boys. But you seen it uh, t- that two years ago, the, what do you call it, the low league teams all got put out for the high league teams in the Scottish Cup. I think there was four or five teams that all put out the, the low league sides. So, you know, there's good quality up there. Uh, we know that since I've been up there, I don't know, I can count on one hand how many games I've lost. Uh, but I've not lost many games. And that, that's what that's what got us promoted and all, because I've been in a team where things are not going right, uh, especially the Berwick's. That's, that's what I mean by the, the final game. Teams that basically lose their uh, you know, momentum and that, Berwick Rangers have just they've not had any, been able to get any momentum and we were the team that was always going to have the most momentum we went all the games we won over the season so we knew it was uh, we could just obviously go and get the first goal in that game and they would crumble and that's, that's basically what happened Do you know what I mean it wasn't a, I know John Brownlee well and all I spoke to him on Saturday and I felt for him because he's only written to try and help the club and try and get it back on his knees but it's, uh, it's just another harm for him and we hope that obviously Berwick will go back up next year because it's not, it's not nice seeing a Scottish League team going up the game. But I do think if we come back, same mindset, add a, a bit of quality into the team. I've already got quality, as I say, but if we add a bit of quality, then I don't think we'll, uh, we'll be far off at playoffs or whatever. But we're not going to go down that now. We obviously need to see what we're doing pre-season, how we, how we start pre-season too. Yeah, so are you signed up for next season? No, at the moment, not uh, as it is. I know I'm a free agent, but uh, I'm hoping that the club obviously want to keep me. Uh, whether they do decide that, I know it's up to them. But I've loved every, every minute I've been up there uh, for the last two and a half years, and I would love to continue the success. It's, do you know what I mean? It's, they're not going to stop there. It's, I just feel it's a great club to be at. It's, it's a club that I try to get many of boys from the central belt up and. They just wouldn't want to travel, but I'm, I'm sure they would, they would all love to be up there now because Cobain's just had a lot of exposure the last two and a half years, and uh, it's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. That's what I see it. Yeah, just going back quite like the first leg of that game uh, where you went 4 0. I mean, the, the thing that I noticed over that weekend was that there was nearly 2,000 people um, at the game that day, and that was bigger than a couple of tenses in Scotland's top flight. Um, you know, what was the atmosphere like that day? Um, and was there a few Aberdeen fans that um, I, I was reading that decided to go to the game because Aberdeen didn't play because they had the game the day before? That's exactly why it was. Because, to be honest with you, the Iron League it's, it doesn't get a lot of supporters at the games. Now, that's one thing I, I did notice the difference uh, with the crowds and stuff like that. But Scottish football is on his knees. You know I mean, it's, it needs a re revamp. Uh, and the playoffs have certainly done that. I know that Aberdeen obviously, won, I don't think they were playing at home that day, so uh, that's why we got a lot of, uh, we played on the Friday night, that's what happened, we got a lot of the Aberdeen supporters that came and watched us on the Saturday, and I think we all attracted a lot of Aberdeen fans up there, because especially when they build a new stadium, I don't think a lot of them will want to leave the city and go and travel to the games with the Cove Rangers and all, just doing the road for them, so you might, you might see a big uh, uh, attendance at the uh, Cove Rangers games. Good stuff. Um, John, you get any questions? Are you just leaving it out to me? Well, you were I, just you were having a good wee chat there, so I just was kind of listening and enjoying it. Uh, I mean, what would you say, kind of realistically, in terms of kind of 
there's a kind of long term ambitions at Cove Rangers because obviously there's a good set up um, in terms of, kind of a new stadium yeah. and everything like that I mean it looks well equipped yeah. for progression yeah definitely uh, since I signed up there when I first spoke to the manager briefly uh, he basically just said to me that look we want to get this club into League 2 and we need you to help us obviously get there with some goals and stuff like that but I think it was the only two at the time was myself and uh, Mitch. There's maybe one or two Big Stuart, Stuart uh, McCarthy. Uh, sorry, John McCarthy and Big Stuart, the goalie. They've all had uh, a wee bit of experience at uh, low league level and all, but then it's sort of like the way we started that season, obviously, we've done really well, and then obviously John knew that we needed to do, obviously, improve as a team to obviously we got, we got piped with uh, the league. Bucky Thistle, so we got beaten goal difference actually from them. So John then got Frank Strachan and uh, Scott Ross. Who's the other ones he put in? Uh, well, Jamie Masson, he's had a wee bit of experience and also just to try to get guys that's obviously played at that level, do you know what I mean? Just to come in and obviously try and get out of the league, and that's, that's what we've been trying to do for the last two and a half years that I've been up there, and thankfully we've done it, do you know what I mean? Some record as well to only lose one game in the league all season, what, 34 games and one loss? Uh, but then you've got to give Rural Rangers credit and all, that just shows you how, how well they've done this year and all. Uh, Rural Rangers, I mean, I think we got to the maybe last five games where we knew we were probably a good chance of winning the league. We had to go to some tough places, we had to go to for Martin, uh, and we made sure we didn't get beat down there, but we drew, we drew that night with for Martin. Uh, and then Rural Rangers obviously fell away at the latter end, but I think it's difficult. I think they, they knew that the momentum would always be cold because of the, the success of the last three seasons, even when we lost the league to Bucky. Do you know what I mean? I think we'd only lost maybe two three games that, that season, but they say it's just it's a club on the up, and uh, the, the board, I mean, the chairman's worked hard up there, Keith Muirhouse, uh, the board, and you've got your guys at Duncan Little and the, and the secretary, would you call her? Angela Florence and also all these people, these all, all these people don't get enough credit. Uh, they can only do what we we need to do on the park. But you've got all these guys in that in the background and that the manager, uh, Graham Matheson, Roy McBain. It's just a, a club on the up, and hopefully it just keeps going like that. Yeah, Craig Brown helps out a wee bit as well, doesn't he? At times. Come hey, on. I've never seen Craig Brown up there. <laughs> Maybe I just was lucky. I seen him at the Tarbot games. I know he's been in the stands one or two times, yeah. but I've never seen him run about the club. Uh, but Paul Hartley was in an old Paul. Paul came in and obviously the Carol me John. Uh, Paul came in and took over the training side of it just to give uh, Graham Matheson a wee, a wee break to obviously concentrate on what he had to do. Because it's probably different for Graham and all. Do you know, John's probably went and done all the paperwork and stuff like that when he was obviously in charge and then it was left to obviously Graham so Graham said to go and do a lot of stuff in the background too but uh, Paul came in and uh, the training brilliant absolutely amazing he, he should still be uh, coaching to be honest with you yeah so, I mean um, just sum up the um, but the community spirits um, like I mean you're obviously competing with Aberdeen um, being the big team in, in, in the city but you know how important is it that you engage with the, the local community trying to get more people along um, we've already touched on Aberdeen fans getting along when they can when Aberdeen aren't playing yeah. at home but just talk about that a wee bit I said it over the weekend there you know everywhere we went we done obviously we were out on Saturday uh, and we had really a good day on Sunday with all the boys but every pub we went into people 
We were, we were a bit loud, but we enjoyed ourselves. We were all fun <laughs> and that. But a lot of the, the, the people in the pubs were all just loving it. They just honestly, people got up cuddling you and that. There's a few pubs we went into and they we were getting free drinks at the bar and that. So, do you know what I mean? It's, it means a lot to the city of Aberdeen and all that there's another team we're obviously going to be competing. Maybe a wee bit nicer and all with some derby games and that. Probably, I'd imagine you'll probably get some pre season games against Aberdeen and that, uh, Cove Rangers or whatever, or even Aberdeen's ground. So, yeah. Uh, it's important that uh, a, 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 a club like Cove do well and don't come back down. And I don't think they will. Do you know, it's, I mean, they've got good backing up there. The, the sponsors' lounge that's full every week. It's that's been full things start, starting last season. There was no there was no, no more tickets left uh, from the start of the season to the end of the season. So everything was all basically pre-booked. So uh, that's full every every Saturday. Um, I noticed um, that early in the season that Cove were in the, the league um, were in the Betfred Cup and had Inverness Hearts, Kevin Beath and Wraith Rovers um, you actually managed to win a game in there and you were um, and you managed to get a goal against Hearts I mean, how much did that and playing the Challenge Cup tie as well you know, give you appetite for getting promotion and getting to play these league teams? Uh, well, to be honest with you, the only game we didn't, I don't think we played well in the games was uh, the Cowden Beef game. The Inverness Cali game, was that 3 1? Was that? I can't remember if it was 3 1. I think it was 3 1. Uh, was it 3 1 or 3 0? I can't mind. 2 0? Seems that long ago. Is it 2 0, was it? Yeah, there you go. So. <laughs> uh, no, uh, even in that game, we played really well that day. Uh, John Robertson was praised, doesn't that, after the game, saying we were a good side and that. But, then we played Hearts at uh, our pitch, and that was a that was a tight game. But you know I mean, Hearts had a lot of the ball. Don't get me wrong, uh, Craig had them well fired up, made sure that they were up to the task. They were obviously doing well because I think they had the point deduction by playing someone. I think it was. Uh, but we done well that night, and uh, that sort of kept us in good stead for starting the season, making sure that all the boys were all fired up because you know that's the type of quality player going to come up against, especially that, uh, next season in the uh, League Two. No, obviously, I don't mean towards Hearts, but I mean you're going to have to step their game up to obviously make sure you can keep the ball and stuff like that. And that's probably been the difference between promotion and no promotion because I think a lot of teams will think that we're a higher league team or we'll just kick it long, midfielders will get bypassed. We're not like that at all. We play for the back. Play for the back in the middle, up to the front, and obviously do Mitch does it, scores all the goals, but uh, that's the way we play and that's, that's the way we enjoy playing. Yeah, that's yeah. That that is um that is brilliant. And uh, you know, it's it, I suppose from your point of view, you would have liked to have been playing Peterhead in League Two, but they obviously got promoted because that would have been a nice wee derby. No, uh, I think uh, there would be a bit of competition for signing Hoover up there. <laughs> but no, it's uh, I think uh, Gaffer said that last week uh, before the the final that just that teams like Peterhead and stuff like that. They're all going to be competitive and that, so it's probably a good thing that they're out of the league and all because it'll give us a good chance of obviously doing well in the league. Uh, I know that there's a lot of good sides still in it, but I still think we're a good side and if we can show the level of performances we've showed over the last two, uh, sorry, two weeks, three weeks, then uh, we'll not be far away. Yeah, good. And you're talking about yourself. I mean, I know that um, you mentioned that you'd rather um, stay at Cove, and you've had quite a few clubs in your career. I've seen that you've 
there's quite a few spells that he's five in particular. Um, he seemed to be going back there like a yo-yo, <laughs> including your training. But mm-hmm. um, if you don't um, stay on at Cove, um, do you still um, see yourself um, playing at senior level next season, or um, do you think you'll? Like to... Honestly, my enthusiasm is always going to be to keep playing football until my legs stay old, then that that'll be the day it'll obviously happen. But um, I feel honestly, if I can go away and get myself what I've done last year I'm going to Turkey in the, uh, the next couple of weeks so if I can go and do that uh, this year again then I'm, there's no doubt that I'll I'll be coming back fitter and stronger and you know I still I still love hitting the onion bag and other boys even when I go into East Fife I'm, st- I'm like a wee boy when I go in there training just love hitting the ball so I don't think you see enough of that and on to the younger boys at other clubs and that you know, there's never anybody before a training or whatever just going to wait and practice when he's finishing or even at the end of the uh, training session working on his finishing and stuff like that. So my enthusiasm is still to play football and I hopefully, I'll, well, I'm sure I will be because I've had a bit of interest down here and all, but uh, whether that happens or not, I don't know. But I'm going to obviously take time away uh, on holiday with my family and just enjoy it and get myself really, really sharp and fit and ready to go for whoever next season. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think you've earned a nice wee uh, holiday to, to Turkey. Well, um, yeah, we're we're going to move on uh, to talk about the the rest of um, things that have been happening in Scottish football. We so we're loading it a wee bit. Um, are you wanting to stay on and um, chat with us? I think I'll pass it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would. Um, yeah, we'll see if we'll chat for next the season. Wee, the wee one's running up the stairs. She's running up the stairs, so I'll pass it. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Well, Paul, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, good luck to you next season. Hope you get your contract at Cove and hopefully you can come on again soon. I appreciate that. Thanks for uh, asking me to come on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure for Cheers. us. Cheers, Paul. Thank you. Cheers, boys. Thanks. Well, in a um, tactical substitution, um, Paul's left and on comes Chris. I hope I had a goal scored then. <laughs> yeah, so you're on to miss. Aye. Just want to waste some time. <laughs> that's, that's more like the kind of substitution I'd be. I'm waiting time wasting one. Yeah. Aye. No, I was, I've, I've been I've been hanging in the back here, um, listening just uh, into the, the interview there. So, uh, aye, it was good to get Paul on. Um, and I mean, you were just uh, you. I was going to jump in with a question about how it was like to score against Hearts, but you brought it up yourself. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, aye. Sorry. 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 No, that's right. <laughs> I wanted to know some for the Talbot games, but I don't think he was buying it. I think he, I think he, he, he could tell I was trying to catch a fish, but uh, yeah. aye, that was good to hear him. It was good. Yeah, well, they'll be doing a lot of fishing up the northeast, so I think he's used to it. Your bait wasn't aye. very good. I think he's in five, so yeah. he knows much fishing there. Uh, fair point. <laughs> so, yeah, get up up the leagues. Um, the League Two, play, um, the, the, the playoff to get out of League Two. Um, Clyde's turned around a 1-0 deficit um, to win 2-1 overall, um, thanks to the late penalty. Uh, great result for them. Um, and I'm going to give a shout to one of my uni mates, Andrew, because he flew from uh, Malta to go to the game. Um, he's been working in Malta for the last couple of years, and he flew over for the, the two games, and obviously um, they won. So well done, Clyde, getting promoted. Look at the did one, otherwise it would have been cross. <laughs> Dear. Yeah. Yeah, it's always always the same when Malta gets mentioned. I'm pretty sure we've had that joke in the podcast before. Think I don't even know heard it before. Yeah, I, I don't think I have heard that before. I think that was um, before I came on. I'm pretending I've not heard that. It was probably you. It was probably, probably you that cracked the joke. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, 
Seems like one of my bad ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Danny Lane sent a new contract as well, two years. So yeah, they're back into um, League One after quite a few years in the bot in the fourth year. Ah, it seems a long time since they were tumbling in the leagues. Yeah, exactly. Um, up at the um, the championship playoff. It's a bit of a non-event, the second leg, Queen of South and uh, Wraith Rovers. Um, 0-0 draw, which meant that Queen of South preserved their status in the, the Championship and Alan Johnson has a chance to kick on next season, having just taken over. Yeah, not bad then in terms of getting two teams actually progressing up the leagues as opposed to mm-hmm. a team preserving, so two out of three is not bad. Yeah. So, Aye. We shall see if it's three out of four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dundee United killed that off um, in the the second leg. You know, with the it was quite a dispute. Do you think that was a penalty? Um, the one that they got just before half time, which ultimately settled the tie. And you'd be fairly disappointed if it was against your team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's going to block the ball. Um, he's he's sliding to block the ball, and it hits. The only reason it hits his hands because it hits his leg first. It's not as if he's put his hand up to. Um, stop the ball with his hand. It's just a natural reaction, but um, it's hit his leg, which is what he wanted. But then it's deflected up on his arm. I don't think you can't exactly say he's get. Um, he could get out of the way of that. Um, it was a always that old silhouette and all that type of nonsense. But mm-hmm. aye, I think you'd be as I say, I think you'd be disappointed if it was your team and it given against you. If it's if you're the Dundee United fan, you don't care at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nicely stuck away by Clark. So. Um, Good feet to get his goal. Nicky Clark should have had a um, a setting goal himself, but um, his is the contender for the Christmas of the week. And then uh, who's it? <laughs> you're never going to let that down. And who scored the third again? It's a good point. I don't mind. I thought we said we we're going to use that every week that season. I would just start that season, to be honest. Yeah. Is it? Don't worry, we'll forget about it by next season. No, we won't. No, that'll never be forgotten. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Sadly not. <laughs> but I think um, John Robertson wasn't very happy because um, he's seen it as two big decisions against him. I don't think he can argue the red card, to be honest. Um, the Paul Worth red card for the first leg, but he's got a point with the second, uh, the penalty in the second leg. But um, Inverness were always up against it, having been one down and having played the. F- getting into the fourth game in just over a week um, and Dundee United put themselves into the playoff um, and in good form the Dundee clubs as well John Robertson being linked with a Dundee job but Inverness have said no I don't I, think he would go to Dundee anyway do you? I don't know I mean I don't he's happy in Inverness he's been living in Inverness for a while um, mm-hmm. but I, I think he'd be mad to take the Dundee job to Peffle so I don't think they've got a proper structure just now um, but you never know what can happen in football um, but I think he'd be mad to take it personally maybe they'll get Neil McCann back <laughs> yeah. if he doesn't get the killer job <laughs> if he doesn't get the killer job aye. I can hear Aldo screaming <laughs> if he's listening <laughs> yeah we'll make sure Aldo listens um, we'll come on to Kelly a bit later um, but, but um, yeah, so it was it was just a matter then of who Dundee United were going to be playing, um, whether it was going to be St Myrna or Hamilton, and St Myrna did their job getting the win, 
unfortunate for them. So did Hamilton. Theirs was pretty comfortable as it turned out. I think St Mirren went 2-1 up at the same time. Hamilton went 2-0 up and that was the game over. Aye. Aye I think um, St Mirren were ably assisted by uh, outgoing Darnell D, who uh, capped off his <laughs> fine um, career as a footballer by getting himself sent off. <laughs> I just summed up his Dundee career. He's had a he really did. Yeah, he's not been great for Dundee. Let's be honest, but it's not the ending he would have. At least he got to. At least he landed 20, lasted twenty six minutes longer in his last game, and Jim Leighton did. That was a, a bad way to uh, go. Aye, well, that true. Aye, well, broken jaw. Aye, that wasn't the the best way to go. But I, let's. Um, I feel old because Dundee's retiring, but he's, he is still quite young anyway for a retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's um, obviously the D's highlight will be uh, his time at Celtic when he scored in the, the, the League Cup final against Rangers in 2009, which is now 10 years ago, so it seems that doesn't seem that long ago. But aye, um, so aye, I would imagine that's probably one of the highlights of his career. I doubt Saturday's game will be the, the, the highlight. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um... Lots of but, power we're going to do it as well, escape, but they still might, but I thought they were going to avoid the playoffs at one point. Yeah. Well, they're taking, a good effort. Yeah, they're taking good form into their playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. Must be games. Yeah, then, then great form. They take form. it fast a bit. Yeah. Yeah, then very good form just now. Um, they were easy to Saturday by um, Jack Hamilton being absolutely rotten, um, as he has been most of the time. All three goals I thought... were his fault. And they were getting progressively worse as well. The first one... Uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. But the second one probably should have done better. Third one, he basically threw in the net. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, it was progressively worse. Um, I don't think Cook's complaining because he got a hard trick at it. Um, yeah. But I, I think... that was his first goal for the club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he scores a hard trick. Yeah. Aye, not bad. Buses. Yeah. Um, I think the the the, the problem for St. Martin a bit the other end though, because I mean, they conceded the, the first goal. Wasn't he great? And then like, they were, I think they were down to nine men by the time they scored their second goal, actually. Because um, <laughs> Kasunga had went off injured. Well, that, just done the subs. well, well yeah, Kasunga went off injured, but um, to be fair, that was um, not much of a difference from having nine men, to be honest. This has been the worst defender league back country mile all season. <laughs> so I don't think that made much of a difference. In fact, they actually scored with nine men. Um, yes, yeah. got right. Um, but then Jack Hamill, as you say, threw it in the net. Um, but it didn't matter because Man had to um, better Hamilton's result and Hamilton obviously got the win um, early goals Eggy Gordon with a rare goal in his last game before From he moves end. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I can't remember who it is he signed it's a, it's a club in the main I think he's signed for um, but a nice way for him to leave Hamilton for the second time aye um, obviously uh, Dougie Emery's chucking it as well so he's a uh... Leaving on a high at Hamilton too. There was a nice big banner for the game, at the game, I noticed. Yeah. Um, He's served yeah. Hamilton well. It has, yes. I, I. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, what else, what also served Hamilton well was the St. Johnson defending for the second goal. That <laughs> 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 was just a, a total calamity. Um, and, and Davis bounced on it, so, um, yeah, it was, like, uh, Hamilton, once again, I've done enough to survive. Sports scene had a nice graphic that showed they had, like, a 17% win rate under, um, Martin Cannon, and that went up to 33% under, under, uh, I forgot the guy's name. <laughs> Who, who's Brian Rice. Brian Rice. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's the name. Uh, aye, so he basically doubled the run rate. Um, and so, you, I mean, we sometimes question whether changing the manager is the right move. Mm-hmm. 
by the looks of it, it was a nightmare for Hamilton um, because they've obviously escaped by a single point. Yeah. yeah, there's been a few players released as well. Eight players released. They weren't a younger squad in that season. Mm-hmm. Tony Andrews, even one of them. Yeah, well, he was I only short so. term anyway, um, and I think he only scored one goal. He's just not been the player he was since uh, he left the first time. Um, I still believe that um, him signing for Norwich for a million pound was Alex Neal's way of saying thank you. That here's a million pound donation. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, he was yeah, a decent. He, he was a really good player. First time, I think. He, yeah, he was a real good player. I wouldn't have said he was good enough to um, go to championship with Norwich, but oh, he's done all right for himself and. He's helped. He's played his part in Hamilton staying up. Although he's not scored a lot of goals, he's been creative for them. So, no, um, good luck to him wherever he ends up. Um, and on the subject of playoff, I just remembered the poll that I've done. I've, um, on the Facebook one, who's going to um, win the Premiership playoffs at Murnard and United? Um, at 42 votes, 26 thinks that Murren will stay up, and 16 think that Dundee United will come back after three seasons. I think most people will tend to favour the, the Premiership team over the Championship team. Yeah. Um, I see um, Warren Kearney's uh, one of the, the champions of having a, a one-off showpiece game for the final instead of the two-way playoff that we have at the moment. I tend to agree with him on that one. I think I actually think that would be, they should be just play a hand in the day after the cup final. Because they're going to have, um, is it Thursday, Sunday or something? Thursday, Sunday, yeah, with the Scottish yeah. Cup final on Saturday. So, so Aye, and the Scottish Cup final comes in between. Yeah, you could just play the final on the Sunday uh, after the game and like use Hamden again. Mm-hmm. You obviously want to keep the surface as nice as possible for the the Scottish Cup final, but since you're going to have the Sunday game anyway as the the end of the season instead of the way the Scottish Cup used to end up, then you may as well hold at Hamden as well as a one-off game. And uh, then we could talk about how this is a repeat of the the Scottish Cup final of '87 rather than a repeat of the games we had last season. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily need to beat Hamza because we discussed it last week. I mean, they could just pick, um, yeah. you know, a, a neutral venue, um, you know, in between two two teams. I mean, the example I use are both versus four for a play that Beacon, for example, um, or or McDermott Park. Um, so, you know, make an occasion out of it um, rather than the two, the two uh, two leg scenario. But it is what it is. Maybe that will change in years to come. I wouldn't um, hold my breath. Uh, the other bottom six game, Mother won a 3-2 game in the um, meaningless match. Um, but David Turnbull scored two. Should have had a third, but um, he missed a, a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you see the way that worked, though? That was a case of... Was it... Uh, uh, Aldra brought down Lamy, and then Hardy took the penalty, but that was saved. Mother then broke up the park. Um, Turnbull himself was the one that was wiped out by the keeper, but then the keeper saved the penalty. <laughs> and that was in the space of it. 30 seconds or something yeah it was crazy it was just absolutely mental and then like, at 3-0 up you're thinking well I've got us in the bag and then we're like 10 minutes to go Tiffany gets one back then quickly scores a second and suddenly obviously we're back in the game it was, ultimately it wasn't enough but um, for a head rubber it was a really exciting game yeah yeah definitely Turnbull finishes with 15 goals in the league which is yeah. fantastic and fielder yeah. I think he matched um, Edward actually yeah he did yeah, right. mm-hmm yeah. Um, and then Motherwell have signed someone today, Casper Sloth, Danish midfielder. Who? Casper Sloth, he's played for Leeds. Eight cards right. for Denmark. Right, okay. Never heard of him, so, but. Yeah, good luck to him. Um, but for for Turnbull, that's the um, the thing that Motherwell want to do is keep him. Um, yeah. 
and they've, they've said they want more than the money, the record sale they got for James McFadden, which is back in 2003, 1.75 million. I think, given the fact he signed a three-year contract, they've got every right to hold out for that, because I promised yep. talent, and who knows, he could well be in the, the, the Scotland squad at some point, you just never know. I think he was. No, just... He deserved the. He deserved his young player of the year award from the football writers. The football writers got yeah. something right that the football players did not. Um, it's, I've nothing against Ryan Kent. I think he's a good player. I think he's had a, a decent season. But Turnbull's done it over a more consistent basis for me. It took Kent about four or five months to get going properly at Rangers, um, and by that point, I think Turnbull was already standing out. But that's just my personal thoughts yeah. on it. I think Kent's a bit overrated, but. Uh, I don't see enough as much of him maybe as Rangers fans, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, he's good, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's worth it. Certainly, Liverpool. I want money well, wise. Anytime I've seen Rangers, he's been one of our better players. Um, so, I, I'd certainly, I can understand them being not. But I agree. I think Turnbull's been a better standout player um, when it comes to. I still think that I should have got the young player, but that's probably my bias speaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, the the big thing in the the, um, the top six was who's going to clinch European place, and just like in the bottom six, the two teams with something to play for won um, against the two sides that yeah. didn't have anything to play for in the game. Um, at one point, it looked as though Aberdeen were going to sneak back into third because they were winning when Kilmarnock were drawing, but Aberdeen scored just before them Kilmarnock um, were pegged back by Rangers, and then they got a penalty in the last minute, um, in the 89th minute. Um, Stephen Gerrard says it was a 9.8 for diving, but I think it was a spot, um, a definite pellet. Maybe I don't make something a little meal, but there's no doubt Barris pushes him, and it's a, it's a clear penalty kick for me, unfortunately. Ah, it was pulling his jersey as well. John, we've been over this, we weren't cheering, you weren't cheering, cheering the Rangers goal, you were cheering Kilmarnock losing a goal, there's a difference. Oh, aye, there was, no, but... aye. And then even when Aberdeen went, when we went two and up, and you're kind of thinking, I fuck, I want Rangers to score again. That's not good. Um, but yeah, credit to Kamalik is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they deserved it overall, just about. I mean, I know it came down to goal difference in the end, but um, for them, yeah. uh, have... I think the, the... it's just frustrating. And yeah. we should probably say that Rangers did make about six changes for the, the previous week, so um, they were not taking it as serious as they had against. Like Celtic, for instance. So, um, having said that, they still had enough decent players in it with Candice at the bar and nothing each. And um, I think there was a couple of questions as to whether it should be a penalty. I think it was a. Light to full chance. Uh, I was at full chance as well. Um, but then I, I think there was a, probably a few questions about penalties at the other end because I thought in the first half, um, Ryan Jack buzzed into Taylor. Um, and that looked pretty obvious to be a penalty. I mean, Molly Colum didn't give it. Uh, there was, I think, there was, I'm not sure the Kamarok players were actually claiming for it, but there was a cracking challenge by uh, Fodderham on Malumba that at first thought, I thought he'd just wiped them out, but then you seen the replay and he got his hands on the ball, so, um, really good save. So, credit him for that, so, um, Molly Colum, Weird situation as well, both keepers getting subbed. Yeah, both of them got off injured, it was, uh, I don't you see that every every day. <laughs> I can't even think when that might have ever happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some some penalty by Brophy. The goalkeeper gets a slight touch on it, but it was just just enough away from him. Yeah, um, it was right in the corner. It's a good penalty. 
far too good a penalty to be saved. So um, yeah, credit for that, and uh, uh, given the timing and the importance of it, and yeah, full credit to Brophy for putting that one away. Yeah. Um, and then in the Aberdeen game, uh, did you see the Hibs counter attack that was launched by Stevie May's shot? <laughs> it was hilarious. Stephen May goes for a volley. It just sums up um, poor boys luck this season. He's went for a shot goal and it's actually started a Hibs counter attack. It does set up the winner, mind you. It he does. does yeah. Selfish play. Yeah, he does. Um, but yeah, it does sum, sum up. Uh, I think we just need to. Uh, he's not a striker anymore. And a link up type player. Aye. Possibly. Um, am I right in saying Cosgrove blew it? when he missed his penalty because if he'd scored yeah. that he'd have been joint top scorer yeah yeah and I don't know why he tried to get down the middle because every other penalty has been hitting all season he's been hitting them in the corner they've been well accurate um, but that one he just I don't know what he was doing but no it's at that stage Aberdeen knew that um, the game was won at our end um, and they knew that Kilmarnock were won it was unlikely that Rangers were going to equalise so yeah I think he was just going through the motions a wee bit um, so I got one of those games that Cosgrove was getting criticised as well, and then that's then you know he scored. Yeah, um, took still it well. Kind of raw and the edges and that, and for him to to do what he's done this season after his previous goal record, which obviously a lot of fans were ready for, like why on earth are we seeing this guy? Yeah, I was still a work in progress, I think. Yeah, um, but someone that's actually managed to, yeah, as you mentioned, finish one goal off the top in the league. Mm-hmm. So I think he can only get better. I know there's talk of Millwall trying to sign him. I'd be trying to do everything you can to keep him. You get someone either that can play with him or yeah. get a view of service. I think it's probably clear this season the problem has been we've not scored enough goals. Conceded too many at home. Yeah, the record at home has been obviously not what we want it to be. Yeah. The way record has been fantastic. But if Cosgrove had had a wee bit of extra help in terms of scoring goals. Our away record is the best in the league. We we're two points ahead of Celtic yeah. in terms of in that respect. Um, but unfortunately we're sixth in the, the home record and that's that's Aye. the difference that's why we weren't closer to uh, Rangers as well because Rangers finished what was it um, 11 points clear of us in the end um, yeah you know that's that's the reason why we um, didn't sustain any sort of challenge to Celtic why we fell away from Rangers as well um, but you know that's something that we've got to out for next season um, we, we've spoke before about a rebuilding job that's needing done um, there's a few players like Shinny's leaving uh, looks so Mackay Stevens leaving no matter um, what he say about it's the hardest decision no we know you're off mate um, there's a few loan players like Dom, Dom Ball Max Lowe are all going back to their clubs um, there is also good news with Shea Logan signing a new deal um, they'll keep some there to yep. 2021 her six months loan deal yeah, so like seven years don't require them <laughs> The, the, the important thing then is Shea Logan will now have to dig out his uh, stag do outfit. <laughs> because if he's going to be at Aberdeen next season, he's going to like to play in Europe, isn't he? So, yeah, look, Shea, you're going to need to support Celtic this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I said, well, I even put in Twitter that um, regardless of what happens with Aberdeen, I was preferring Celtic to win the cup because I'd actually come out looking in Europe ahead of that Hearts team. Um, but it's even more yeah. apparent that we yeah. want to see Celtic um, win for that reason <laughs> um, so as much as it pains us to want Celtic to win the treble treble for Aberdeen although there's a lot of Aberdeen let me know your thoughts a lot of Aberdeen fans think it wouldn't be a bad thing if uh, we didn't qualify for Europe this season because of the rebuilding job and it'd be better to experiment, experiment with a new team in the League Cup than uh, 
than Europe. What's your thoughts on it? I still think oh. it's better to have oh, Europe. Europe. You still want to be playing Europe because yeah. regardless of... I think regardless of whether you're in Europe or not, your players are taking time to settle in anyway, unless you get them in straight away. Like, unless you're getting them in now yeah. and they're in at the start of training. That doesn't happen because the situation Scotland does, you need to wait, and pick, wait unfortunately, and pick up the scraps. Unless you're getting right good players on freedom of contract because you're not going to be playing transfer fees. Inevitably, you're waiting until probably the last couple of weeks before the transfer window ends and getting loan players on. Um, wage budget that season should be pretty decent in terms of the fact that some of the higher enders going away. But I just think, yeah, it takes time for players to settle in. You won't be playing in Europe, though. No. You won't be playing in the big games. Yeah. Like some of us, Ferguson, like some young players. That's just going to help them develop so much, even if maybe they're only playing a couple of games. Like, I mean, last season, you played Burnley. Gave them a good well, game. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people thought, uh, and look, most fags in it. No, maybe came at, came at age, but you're kind of like, oh, standing up taking notes of these guys. Um, the, the other thing you need to remember is, like, obviously, you want to get a decent draw, so you're in Europe for a wee bit longer than you were last season. But if you're not in Europe next season, you're playing the League Cup anyway. You'll be in the sections. So exactly. you're, you're, don't, you're not going to get that. Later start, everybody's starting at the same time these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I think, and I, I, I've, I've said it before. I, I've seen fans online saying it's been a disastrous season. I, I don't buy that. Um, Rangers are just where people maybe expect them to be last season in terms of finishing second, finish fourth in goal difference. I think if we'd finished third, would you still be overcritical? I know McInnes would criticise in terms of maybe the games against Celtic, whereby you kind of think it could have been a bit more. In terms of maybe an attacking threat, style of football, maybe this year hasn't been great. Aye, but there's been plenty of positives as well. And I think it's a wee bit over the top, yeah. some of the reaction. Yeah, I, of I, think, I think the only disappointing for Aberdeen this season is the fact that your home form fell away. Because your yeah. home form, certainly the turn of the year, was dreadful. Yeah. Had that been better, you'd have been close. You'd have been above Kilmarnock, no problem at all. You'd have been much closer to the Rangers. Add in the fact that he's made the semi-final of the Scottish Cup, he's made the final of the League Cup. He's a, he's a, I don't know if that home form at the start of this year. I think you'd have, you could possibly argue that this season had been better than last season. Yeah, it's a hard one as well. You know what I'm like? I'm, a, I'm the most optimistic Aberdeen fan there is. I mean, in terms of... Um, oh, I, I, don't, I don't. It's rare that I ever believe we can't win a game. Um, but I think that as well, recently, is because McInnes kind of does make you believe in. Folk will criticise his big game record. And he, you need to play big game. Yeah. I, th- I think some Aberdeen fans are just um, a bit frustrated because the last four transfer windows have not been good enough. I mean, there's been more disasters than there has been good ones. And, uh, it, 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 no, the style of football isn't, um, has got a wee bit worse as well. Um, but then that's because we've found it difficult replacing guys like Kenny McLean, uh, like uh, Ryan Christie, who we also had in loan, James Madison before that. Um, we've not really got that creative um type in the centre of the park, which I think we're needing. Lewis Ferguson as good as he is. He's not a, a creative midfielder. Um, Graeme Shinney was a box-to-box midfielder. Um, Don Ball was in there. He's a whole midfielder. We need um, someone that can get on the ball and make things happen. Play that killer pass through the, the front man of the wingers, um, rather than being over-reliant on um, you know two wingers and a striker. Um, but maybe yeah, we'll see what happens in the yeah, I agree. Stuart coming in ruined our season, I think. Yeah, because it's... me and Cosgrove had developed a nice partnership. It's set Kilmarnock back for a few months. Was working well. Yeah, it's set Kilmarnock back for a couple of months before they got going again and and finished third. Um, but and I still can't believe that you know it was 
reports suggest that by Sky Sports that um, he's going to sign for Rangers in a three-year deal. I don't see where he's going to fit in that Rangers team. He's, I don't think he's going to be more squad filler. He's, for me, he's a good player, but he's not a big club player, with all due respect to Kilmarnock. Um, at Kilmarnock, there's not the same expectation that's put on Aberdeen, Rangers, etc. Um, I mean, there's Kilmarnock, they've got the eighth highest budget in the league and finished third. I think that's incredible. Yeah. Um, and you I think, think Dundee get the sixth that highest budget finished fourth? <laughs> It just speaks for the job that Steve Clark's done because in the last 18 months he's taken Kilmarnock from being bottom of the league to top six last season to at one point they were challenging for the title this season um, as you say it fell away um, but they have finished third they're back in Europe for the first time in about 18 years mm-hmm. um, so it's it's just the, the job that Steve Clark has done at Kilmarnock has been absolutely phenomenal they're going to be hard pushed to replace him and I think that from from a Scot from a, a, a Scottish coefficient perspective, I fear what Kilmarnock not bring in next, because whatever they do is going to have to try and match what Clark did. Um, I suspect they're not going to be able to find someone of this similar calibre, um, and then they'll make struggle to do anything in Europe next season, which will damage the coefficient again. And then who knows if Kilmarnock will just start falling in the league again or what? But I mean, we don't know. But it remains to be seen. Certainly, what being linked with names like Neil McCann and Alan McCoist is not going to help them. That's McCann um, and McCoy's all linking themselves with it. Aye, yeah. I think on the flip aye. side, the Kilmarnock job is more attractive than when Clark took over. Uh, oh, without a doubt. Is I, it? And, yeah. and how much he's spoken about in terms of how good the relationship is with Bowie. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he's unite, he has united them in terms of getting a bigger support. If someone comes in now, they know they've got a group of players that can kind of be coached to do maybe better than what they are. What in terms of kinda, maybe collective and better than the individual. So the, the, it's a, it is an attractive job. It could maybe be classed as a bit uh, yeah. a difficult act to follow. but uh, I, I think it's a very difficult act to follow and you could possibly consider it a of peak. But I do take the, the, the point that you said that it's it a more attractive prospect than it was when he took over. Because when he took over, it was a poison chalice. Yeah. Nobody wanted that kick. I remember Michael Stewart um, always refers to this point because um, he, he said at the time Falkirk were looking for a manager between Peter Houston and Paul Hartley. And... And he argued the point that Falkirk was a more attractive proposition than Kilmarnock at that point. Um, and then they also pulled Steve Clark um, as the rabbi out of the hat. Look at where Kilmarnock are, look at where Falkirk are. And Michael Stewart always yeah. says, I got that wrong and I underestimated the work that Billy Bowie was doing behind the scenes. Because yeah. um, obviously before that, Michael Johnson had um, overseen a poor, poor period. Um, he was the, he was the poisonous chalice as much as anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, changing. Absolutely. Um, the major changes he was making at the session causing unrest. They got him out the door, Bowie's come in, he settled things and uh, brought in. He was bold enough to ask Steve Clark the question. And who's to say he doesn't make another left field appointment? Um, I don't think it'll Paul be Clement. one of his biggest parts. So. Paul Clement. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I, about Aldo's sources because Aldo also said that Clark turned down the Scotland job, but I think he was dreaming. Or, is, um, <laughs> he's in denial. Yeah. yeah. He's in denial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great scenes at the end as well. Come on, that game yeah. with Raymond Gummery and, and everything like that, dancing away and stuff like that. Yeah. Terrific. Because it was the 150th yeah, anniversary as well. Yeah, and the, and the speech that Clark gave at the end it was it was pretty clear. It was a goodbye speech, um, and he was apologising for not getting him a trophy, um, but he did say that the, his trophy was the fact that he was now pointing at three stands with Come on, fans are. <laughs> Yeah. Understandable, given that that like I, I mean, I've been to Kilmarnock many times, and like the home crowd there can be appalling at times. Mm-hmm. So, from a 
selfish Celtic fan perspective for taking a stand off us probably at this rate um, but if they're going to fill up with Kilmarnock fans that's their prerogative entirely um, and that's probably the way it should be yeah. but I mean it's still you're, you're still looking at about 4,000 away fans in one of those stands because that uh, rugby park used to be our biggest um, allocation we used to get 8,000 for them mm-hmm. I mean you only got I think we only got 7,000 for uh, Ibrox when we had the, the whole broom one no dead so, I like that stand has to be said I'm not, I mean do you think it's probably as well helped by the fact I've never seen us lose there I've seen us win the title. I've seen us win the league three times at Rugby Park, so I'm quite happy with that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we might as well. Whilst we're talking about Steve Clark, um, he obviously um, got the Scotland job. Um, I did uh, my blog putting on my thoughts. I think it's a, the best appointment they could have got from a Scottish perspective, because um, we knew they weren't going to get in the foreign route. And the only Scottish manager for me that ticked the boxes was Steve Clark. For, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think. No, I think that I don't think Scotland could have got a better man. I think there's a very good chance that he'll get the best out of Scotland, which is exactly what we need. I think, from Clark's perspective, I'm not sure it's a it's, it's a good move to be honest. Because um, well, he's just went from having one poison chalice to get taking him into Europe, but he's, he won't be there to take him into Europe. He's got his own European challenge now. Um, is the Scotland job another poison chalice? Because if you don't qualify for a tournament, you're just added to the names of uh, everybody else that hasn't managed it. Then again, if he does qualify for a tournament, he's a hero. I think the fortunate thing as well, from his point of view, he's at an age whereby he's senior, a bit more senior in terms of international management now. For us, Scotland anyway, it's been older guys that have taken the job. It could end up being he does that and then that's him. He could either end up, ah, it doesn't work out, or he becomes a hero of the nation. Yeah. I, I mean, I certainly hope so. I, I just, I, I still think he could do more at club level. Um, so I think it's a strange move for him, but he's obviously one that he's, he's, he's wanting to take. So, and, and there's other factors as well. The family situation. Yeah. He'll be able to spend more time down south and still kind of see his family up here as well. And also, um, he could well it could well be that taking the Scotland job could be could be a route back to, to England longer term. I mean, I know he's, he signed a three year contract season through two tournaments, but if he does well, qualifies us for Euro twenty twenty and either gets it to uh, Qatar or uh, in a playoff position, who's to say English clubs won't line up and say, Let's give him another go and he um, yeah. has because he's got unfinished business in England because uh, the West Brom sacking was utterly ridiculous oh, he finished seventh the year before get sacked because they drew two each at Chelsea West Brom have been uh, were horrendous after that you know they just about surviving the playoff before they eventually went down and didn't go up this year because they sacked another manager unnecessarily um, and Redden sacked him despite the fact he took the FA Cup semi-final and it, they were a goalkeeping mistake away from taking Arsenal to penalties yeah, see, see the one good thing about this appointment as well. Um, he's a coach, as opposed to maybe I think the likes of maybe McLeish, the likes mm, of been the likes yeah. of maybe some of the recent guys that have been in there, been more managers and coaches. He gets the best out of players. Mm-hmm. Players want to play for him. He makes players better. So he keeps it really simple. To that, in terms of recent managers, I, I, I think will be hard to beat. I think he will not take any shit as well, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need that already he's been saying if the players that had retired want to play for us then you need to unretire yourself yeah. I'm not going to come begging to you so I, I think maybe there'll be a bit of pride again about playing for Scotland because you're playing for a guy that players want to play for yeah, yeah. and yeah, I mean, you think about the apathy that's set um, by the um, you know a lot of Scotland fans well you two um, have also made your points clear um, 
about you know not even watching Scotland games because it can be that bad. Um, for the SFA's point of view, they had to make a change because had Alec McLeish still been in charge, you'd have been looking at under um, 25,000 for a Saturday night game. Um, had they appointed Scott Gamble, with all due respect, Scott Gamble, I like him as a coach, but I think he needs to do more with under-21s, get them to a major finals before he even touches the Scotland job. Again, you're looking at less than that. Malcolm Mackay, well, don't even go there. Steve Clark was the only one... I'd be interested to see who the backroom yeah. staff are. Yeah. Aye. Steve Clark was the only one that um, that will get more fans to Hamden that night. I don't think it will sell out because it's Cyprus um, and I think there's still a lot to... It's going to take more than just Steve Clark taking the Scotland job to fill Hamden again. Yeah, but you, I think there'll be you, you need a clear out of the SFA and a better pricing structure to fill Hamden. Yeah. No, no as bad as though I was saying the day off air or the bloody Euro 2020 I decided oh, I'll read stuff for the ballot. Oh, my word. <laughs> 185 euro for a category one ticket, 50 yeah. euro for a category three. I'm like, it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. And then there was a whole thing with the women's world cup today, whereby you probably won't even get a certain side who you want to go with. Ah, uh, see, not. It's just how do you even do that? I don't know. You have to go eight cock that up. I just see in terms. I mean, like, I don't know what the tickets are like for the women's uh, finals, but. That's just pure greed. 185 euro for a category one ticket. But it's always listed. When you look at the Champions League and the Europa League finals that are coming up, when you look at how many like the, the English clubs are actually getting versus how many are going corporate, mm-hmm. it's a farce. Yeah. And then like, like they can't even sell the tickets for the, the Europa League final because it's miles away. It's hard to get there for them. And Mahatharin can't even play in it because of the whole Armenia Azerbaijan thing. Yeah. Why are they taking it there? Money. Money. Yeah. But it can be the only I, reason. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that you are trying to, you know, give other cities a chance, you know, rather than just the usual um, Madrid, Milan, etc., and you know, give those nations a their day in the sun, so to speak. But I think they need to take into consideration conflict um, when and the ease to get there, um, because even if it had been just picking out two teams from Spain, Valencia versus Sevilla in the final. That's a long journey from Spain to Armenia for that final, and there probably wouldn't be a big uptake in tickets. I think I heard Chelsea sold 600. No, Chelsea fans are already Aye, spending so fortunes as it is for, um, because of the pricing structure at Stamford Bridge. Um, but it's just much better. No, it's not much better. If, in fact, I think that's probably worse, but um, I think they've sold 3,000. It's just ridiculous. And, but even the FA Cup final. You know, Watford um, had 25,000, Man City had 25,000 in a 90,000 stadium, 40,000 mm-hmm. go to corporate straight away. It's just ridiculous. Ah, you see that about 10 minutes before half time that uh, fans, well, not fans, folk that were at the game had buggered off already and got a hospitality. Yeah. There was a lot of empty seats at Wembley for what I saw, although I only switched on for one minute, so it was three now. I thought, no, bugger this. <laughs> no point. Um, and speaking joint, of it, <laughs> is that the joint biggest FA Cup win or something we're saying? The 6-0 that finished? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It is. Well, wow. almost, almost, like almost beat the British record for a Cup final win, which is yeah. still 7-1 to Celtic against Rangers in 57. Yeah. I thought I'd have to get that in there. Yeah, well, that leads Is 7-1 to... really better than 6-0 just because he scored seven goals? Aye. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it though. I know, he scored seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But anyway, speaking about pointless games in Celtic, well, there was one at the, the weekend. Hey, um, well, so Celtic reserves yeah. and Hearts reserves. Um, yes, the the phony war. <laughs> the phony war. Yeah, Craig Levine didn't even give an opinion after the game because that's what it meant to to him. But honestly, um, I think it, us, it was just a case of this game had to be played. Um, the they were the I seen one newspaper uh, Saberatlin about how Hearts gave a guard of honour but didn't really put much effort into it because they weren't applauding or some nonsense like that. Warry was you know, stinking to that actually. Um, but I Hearts did they lined up to give a guard the honour. The guys in the bench were certainly applauding. Um, I thought it was a they were, they, no, no, nobody in the guard of honour was applauding. So actually they were kind of showing a different kind of respect. So mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> Ridiculous argument anyway. Um, and then they played out a game between, as you say, Celtic Reserves and Hearts Reserves. Um, I thought our opening goal was beautiful. It was a lovely one-two between uh, Mikey Johnson and Ewan Henderson. So um, that was a, a, a great start. And sometimes these games can be like high scoring and sometimes not, but in this case, it wasn't really. Um, uh, I thought Celtic were a better team. Uh, had their usual mess at the back at some point that uh, cost us a goal that's the only way we seem to concede goals these days is we're just like, for the second week running Bain was sleeping um, they tried to argue he was filled in sports scene I don't think so um, lovely finish by Mulraney though mm-hmm. Did, I mean was it necessary right into the top corner and off the bar like that <laughs> Aye, oh, how dare he? Just for that. Um, and then again, Michael Johnson came on, uh, came running in the second half and created another wonderful goal in his uh, career. That's uh, it. Took him a while to get goals for Celtic. I think it was a couple in sort of November, December time is when he finally got going. But um, I know he got pelters for his, his performances at Ibrox this season. The two, he won both games. Um, but I think still, he's still young. He's still learning his game. I think both games he wasn't exactly playing in his best position. Certainly uh, yeah, game. To dry, I think. Much better. He was much better in this game. Much more natural. Um, and the other talking point for this game was the fact that um, Karamoko Dembele made his debut. Um, the second uh, youngest Celtic player ever after Jack Hitchin, which then led to the debate of um, Dembele is the first player to be born in the 21st century. Uh, for Celtic, which when you consider that HSM was born in 2000, had this debate about when does the 21st century start, is it 2000 or is it 2001, um, but anybody that knows it, knows it wasn't a year zero, so the first century goes from year one to year 100, therefore the 20th century goes from 1901 to 2000, the 21st century goes from 2001 to 2000. Bit of pedantic debate that, to be perfect. Yeah, I know, it's another, it's, 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 it reminds me of this one we had a few weeks ago, but was it the 67th minute, was it the 68th minute? Yeah. Um, the, 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 the thing that really makes me feel really old is um, that Dembele was born two days after Celtic beat Stuttgart 3-1 on the road to Seville <laughs> aye just to make you feel old eh yeah. 60 years ago today that um, final draw actually so. a point that made me feel how did really that finish old. again I mean, that time you got to celebrate your team scoring goals in the European final. Just, just me. You were too young for you to uh, 83, I suppose. Yeah, just about I was too. Um, mm-hmm. but I. Um, that was just. That was, I never got to do that because he got beat 2 0. <laughs> 
Yeah, Rangers are, pro- are still the last Scottish team to reach a European final, and Aberdeen are still the last Scottish team to win a European trophy. Yeah. Um, and I don't see that happening for a long time. So, Aye. unfortunately, unfortunately, like I used to say that I didn't see Celtic or Rangers or anybody else getting to a European final, and then I seen Celtic do it in five years later. Rangers done it. Mm-hmm. So never say never, but I actually think it's gone from us all again. Um, yeah. Was that brief period in the early? To the 2000s, that there was a chance, but I don't really see it now without some major changes. Unfortunately, yeah, well, you never know. Once the the big leagues start their own tournament, then it might happen. Yeah, uh, we get to play in like the third tournament, the big teams are out, and then we get popped off somebody like Ajax because nobody, be... nobody Atlantic Cup, nobody Atlantic Sea Cup, because that's how far away we'll be from the the main event. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, but I, I saw a title win last week as well myself to get Talbot clinch a title 5 now against Troon and got a guard of honour going off the pitch nice that's classy aye that's pretty classy uh, hump for that aye definitely mm-hmm. won the league with 4 games to spare and then obviously yeah. there's a junior cup final a week on Sunday where it can yeah. be a treble secured nice so so the, the treble's on for Talbot the treble is on for Celtic it's uh the big game Man City just won the treble. Man City just won the treble. The first English team ever to win the treble. Yeah, that's, it, I thought it was quite remarkable, isn't it? The first English team to ever win the domestic treble, because obviously yeah. you had Man United in 99, you had the the treble cups that Liverpool won in 2001, I think it was. Um, yeah, 2001. So, yeah, so yeah. I think uh, there's, there's obviously a few sort of trebles that have been won Continentally as well, like Barcelona have done it twice, and Bayern Munich did it in 2013. Bayern, yeah. Inter Milan did it, and Ajax did it in the 70s. And well, mm-hmm. Celtic won like every trophy they could ever possibly win in 67. Yeah. I never had a pie at the football because I was at Saturday, Saturday, but I've just sent you two years a cheeseburger art at the game on Saturday. Oh my word, what a great cheeseburger for a football game! Oh, a picture. I thought you were sending me food. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> I was like, leaving this in the Melted cheese over the burger. Oh, it was all very good. £2.30. Oh, that's good. Something like that. I had a hot dog last week at the, the tune game and there was a beer garden. Mm-hmm. As well. Nice. Yeah. And it was a nice sunny night. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to Talbot. Um, maybe you should try and get um, one of your... Talbot, mate, so next week. Um... Well, I was talking to our friend Sean on Saturday because mm-hmm. he... Because he what? <laughs> <laughs> he's just holding a secret now, isn't he? Ah, connection issues. Uh, that's that. He's, he's not telling us. There's <laughs> no, no connection issues. He's just decided now. Nah, yeah. We'll make it a surprise for the next week whether he comes on or not. For the end of the season. John, you still there? No, oh well. Nope. Let's talk about the Scottish Cup final then. Um, yeah, so I would, I, I would imagine it will be two entirely different teams. Because um, uh, both Celtic and Hearts rested a few key players. Um, I think Peter Harron has been declared fit. Uh, the bad news for Hearts was that Ollie Lee uh, twisted his knee uh, in the game on Sunday there. Um, so that's the risk you take when you, you, you play key players in these matches. It's, uh, it's, uh, he's facing a. Ten weeks out, right? Ten weeks out, he's facing. Um, so that's that's a horrible blow ahead of that game. Um, I'm really surprised he played. Um, he played in that game. Um, his yeah, but 
he's too inconsistent though, um, I think, Lee. I mean, now and then he has a, a belt of a game, but the other games he just tends to hide. Um, but I thought they'd have saved him for, for this one, because yeah, it is a good set piece taker as well. But um, yeah, that's another one that's um, come back to bite Levine, another injury to Bamon. Yeah. Uh, if we get Harren back, that's good because he's he's been a decent player for them and he's been fit. Um, I think Jim is being monitored. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a part of making progress. Yeah, you're back. And Harry Cochran's expected to recover from illness. Uh, the big blow, of course, is, is Stevie Naismith's going to be out yeah. um, along with a, a, a whole host of others. But um, yeah. the, the big name in that list. Yeah. Um, as far as Celtic are concerned... The doubts around the likes of Tierney and Forrest, uh, as far as I know, the two of them are expected to be fit, mm-hmm. um, but they're still well, on Tuesday now, we'll, we'll wait and see as the week progresses. Um, but you'd imagine it'll be, if we can get those two fit, then they would certainly play. Mm-hmm. Right, well, Tierney's getting in for an operation after the final, because so, he obviously yeah. missed the two Scotland games, which I understand it's frustrating from a Scotland point of view, but given the schedule, um, I mean, this is another thing that bugs me about um, the you know the the schedule just now I don't get why the Champions League final is next week um, why isn't that played this weekend I don't get why Scottish Cup finals this week and not um, last week um, and I certainly don't get why Scott there's international games near enough the middle of June and then this the and then the European season starts middle of July so players are only yeah. getting a couple of weeks off it's ridiculous but yeah, you know. there's just far too many games I mean I, I was making this point on Twitter uh, the other week because Celtic played 16 European games this season which is more than any of the finalists play mm-hmm. um, you add to that the 38 league games played 4 games in the League Cup playing 5 in the Scottish Cup but so, then you throw in all the Scotland games it's so half the Celtic squad's played mm-hmm. it's just like, no wonder they're all knackered and injured and when do you like you say it like the if we're playing this is coming up to the end of May, the Scotland games are mid June, the qualifiers are at the start of July again. So like, when do you get the rest? There's too many games for these players now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's just it's just killing. But um, but yeah, come back to the game. I mean, Celtic are obviously going to be heavy, heavy favourites. Um, they've got a bit more momentum than Hearts they've had a better season um, I think Hearts uh, since they won the CFL just written off the rest of the season but in yeah. doing that they've only picked up one point out of uh, a possible 15 they're getting into this final with no momentum at all I think Greg Levine is just gambling that he's supposed to somehow pull some out of the bag um, I'll be astonished if Hearts um, win this cup at the weekend although they have won their last three finals uh, 1998 um, beat Rangers uh, 2006 beat Gretna albeit in penalties and then, of course, um, they won the 2012 win against Hibs by five goals to win. So, yeah, but so, on the other hand, Celtic have won the last eight domestic trophies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they've obviously gone for the, 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 what's the one thing that goes in Hearts' favour is the fact that Celtic have never won three Scottish Cups in a row. Mm-hmm. So... This would be Celtic breaking a, another of the records if they did so. Yeah, you can uh, join Aberdeen at last, as we did. Uh-huh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> in fact, it was Aberdeen that stopped us doing it last time. Yeah. The closest we got on the penalties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think I've said in this podcast before, I'm pretty sure we caused that one ourselves with the Hamden Riot in 1909. Yeah. <laughs> we jinxed yeah. it. Um, so hopefully we, we break the jinx it this weekend. Um, and we get the, the, the treble treble and get the, mm-hmm. the ninth trophy in a row. Yeah. Be interesting. What was the last Scottish Cup final Celtic loss? Was it to Rangers in 2002? 
I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I believe so, yeah, because we won it in 2004, in 2005, and didn't make it in 2006, didn't make it in 2003, uh, won it in 2007, won it in 2008 or 09 or 10, won it in 2011, won it in 2012, won it in 2013, didn't make it in 2014, didn't make it in 2015 or 16. Right. So aye, aye, you're right, the last time we lost a final was 2002. Well. So then, let's go be a end for one of the two teams of their winning runs in terms so, of Scottish Cup finals. Actually, that then begs the question, when did Hearts last lose the Scottish Cup final? 1996. Against Rangers? Yes. Yeah, um, that was when Brian Lodrup could have had four goals for himself, but decided to sell Jury twice instead. <laughs> um, but Jury, to be fair, played well that final. Um, yep. And it's probably worth mentioning that uh, today, I mentioned it's the anniversary of Celtic getting to Seville, but it's also the anniversary of the 1994 Scottish Cup final, which uh, United fans will remember fondly as they stopped the double treble. And broke their own Scottish Cup puckers. By by winning the Scottish Cup for the very first time themselves. Yeah, Yeah. Ivan Golach did something in one attempt Jim McLean couldn't do in six. That's, yeah. that's an incredible start. I think it's Jim McLean must have been raging because he's retired the year before and uh, and then his predecessor goes and does something. I mean, Jim McLean was also a great manager, um, won a couple of League Cups in the league and took them to the UEFA Cup final. But the Scottish Cup, of course, was something that niggled at him. And then it's his predecessor, um, or his successor, sorry, win it in his first attempt. Because <laughs> I don't think they had a good relationship there too. I don't think they yeah, even even Golach, um, so just going back, even Golach um, rated Jen next at twenty million whilst having him on the bench. <laughs> oh, it's also the, the the third anniversary of uh, the last time someone other than Celtic won a domestic cup, yeah, which uh, the Habs fans will remember fondly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm digging at Rangers just for the sake at this point. Um, but it is actually, the, 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 I don't think the Rangers like the member of the 21st of May, for the looks of it. Because yeah. um, that's, that's what um, the SPFL was tweeting about today. So, um, and the SFA, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was the Scottish Cup um, yeah. Twitter account, wasn't it? Not the SPFL. Yeah. Hi, John, um, are you back? Are you prepared to tell us what you're thinking with Sean? Oh, right, aye, that well, is that why you left to say can I tell him or not oh, I don't know what happened um, <laughs> I, he did say there might be a few folk interested but I've got another couple of people in mind because there's a couple of people that have been associated with both clubs Wags and Tal so that's what I'm thinking good. and I've met I've contacted one just now to see so if he's listening he knows his number one choice um, but yeah, that, that's my thinking. I can get him on, um, and that'd be good. He is a Kelly fan as well, so aye. Uh, I won't count that against him. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Well, that we'll, we'll let Aldo know that another Kelly fan's coming on. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's good if we get more guests. I mean, recently there's been good interviews and uh, guests coming on, and thanks to uh, Paul McManus for coming on tonight. Um, and give us an insight into life at Cove Rangers and their fantastic achievement and hopefully this will be something we try and do more regularly Definitely I think it's something we've kind of spoken about kind of for a fair bit that we wanted to do but uh, you've kind of been very proactive at doing it as well this season and yeah, 
No, I mean, the, a big the, Sean on as well, so that was good. But I, I think, am pretty sure in that season we can. It just, I think it's just sometimes asking that question. Mm-hmm. I, I think what what is one of the good things about this podcast that this season has been the the, the way we've managed to like not just focus on the top flight because obviously we're we're fans of top flight teams, but John's got his uh, interest in knocking back Talbot as well, and uh, John, you've been able to get interviews with a couple of different people now, and we did like, the. the the tributes for um, Bob McNeil and, and, and Stevie Chalmers but getting we're, we're getting folk on for Talbot and folk for Cove Rangers and Cove are now a, a league team as of uh, the end of this season so uh, working our way up yeah. <laughs> I think the thing as well having a guest on is we learn something as well so if we are learning something I would imagine the listeners are probably learning something as well yeah, I, 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 that's the thing I mean, we're all we're all sort of champions of Scottish football as a whole, so we take an interest in the lower leagues. But I'm not going to pretend I'm a great guru when it comes to talking about League Two. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm the same. But maybe, you know, maybe that's something to do a bit more often next season. There's trying, even just watch what highlights of one game a week or something. Whatever we can find on YouTube. Yeah, aye, that might be an idea. Aye. we're talking aye, about not just stick to sports league. Aye. One thing that would be quite good as well in terms of getting a guest on would be getting someone on to do with the women's football. Yeah. Especially ahead of the World Cup. Yeah. But obviously, I don't think we'll get anyone on that's in the squad, I wouldn't think. They'll be away to France soon. What's that? They'll be away to France soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It starts 7th of June. Aye, and uh, the Jamaica games next week. Uh, the Hamden send off. Yeah. Hopefully, they get a good send off for that. Um. But you know that we'll cover all that next week. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to add? We'll cover everything. Yeah, we'll cover everything, eh? Yeah, yeah. We've, we're getting close to ninety minutes, so I think we should um, wrap it. So, anyway, cheers, guys, and cheers, listeners, for the interaction as always. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Bye.